Men are built for the demands of life. The breadth of our shoulders bears the weight of responsibility in our homes. The depth of our voices projects strength to the world. And the length of our stride, our ambition, propels us toward career success. Man Up For Life is the coaching and speaking brand you need to reach the heights of your individual and organizational greatness. Responsibility, power, and ambition will cease to overwhelm you and begin to inspire you. To get started today, contact Demetrius Love at manupforlife at yahoo.com or at manupforlife across all social media platforms. Responsibility, power, ambition. Don't be overwhelmed. Be inspired. Start today. Thank me tomorrow. Hello and welcome to episode 47 of the Motown Philly podcast. I'm Tim Golden here with my co-host. What's going on? It's Jason Hall. What up, though? Jason Hall from Detroit. And we have our other lovely, fabulous co-host with us. And her name is Vita Starr. Vita Star, Vita from LA. Jay is from Detroit in Memphis representing, and yours truly, Tim Golden, is from the city of brotherly love, but I am way out west in that rip-roaring metropolis of Walla Walla, Washington. (laughs) Here today to welcome you to episode 47 of the Motown Philly podcast, we are going to continue with our conversations around black music this last week of black music month this last week of june and we are going to talk about today today we're going to talk about rather gospel music and just before we get into gospel music Jason has some gratitude that he would like to share with all of our listeners. Jay, tell our listeners how grateful you are. Listen, I'm speaking on behalf of Tim, Vita Star, and myself, and on behalf of the Motown Philly family and community. We are grateful. We are thankful. We are so appreciative for each and every one of you. You don't understand. Tim and I are probably thinking of like a name to call our community. Like every great podcast has like um, a name to like call who actually listens. So the Motown Phillyites. I don't know, Tim, we got to figure out something. But what I'm saying is we we want to continue to create this this communication connection community that really grows our listeners are listening by the day by the day and by the week all our new episodes and our old ones and we don't want to take you guys for granted so with that being said we're ever so grateful for every listen for every download for every share every like every subscribe or subscription just continue to to share this and let us know what you think in the facebook motown philly facebook group and if you have any questions any any concerns or anything that you want to hear from us yo please reach out we appreciate it all yes sir yes sir thank you so much jason and jason just so that y'all know jason is the one responsible for all the editing jason does all of the post 
recording work and jay we just love you and appreciate you for that here at motown philly we know this train would not leave the station without you so without further ado we're going to talk about gospel music today y'all gospel music is a genre of black music that is nothing short of remarkable and if i could just sort of to get the conversation started uh, jason and vita just mention or sort of recap what we've done the ground that we've covered so far so we talked about hip-hop we talked about r&b and now we're talking about gospel and one of the things that we've noticed that, that i've noticed this month and i'm curious to see what you both think about this is the connection between music and experience it's undeniable that hip-hop comes from a certain type of human experience it's also undeniable that r&b comes from a certain type of human experience right let's just go back to hip-hop for a moment we talked about the social and political critique and we talked about hip-hop as resistance we've talked about the way that art imitates life in that people in the hip-hop community are often writing lyrics that people condemn as vulgar but the lyrics are merely a reflection of the vulgarities of social and political life that many black people experience in america we said the same thing last week about r b and how R&B comes from a certain type of experience, right? It could be a romantic experience. It could be some sort of other human emotion, could be frustration, could be anger, but whatever it is, once again, music is connected to human experience. And now we have gospel music and the word gospel literally means good news. And it's fascinating to me that so much of hip hop in terms of the experiential quality of it, the human experience part of it is connected to gospel. I mean, I guess if we're looking at these genres sort of chronologically, you might have gospel first and and we didn't even have time this month to get to jazz right right right. you have gospel then you have jazz then you have blues and you have rhythm and blues and then you have hip-hop so if you had a continuum you would it might sort of move in that way in terms of the evolution of black music but at each one of these phases we have an experience a human experience and gospel music speaks to a religious experience so i'm wondering uh vita and jason if you all could comment on how gospel music is is related to our theme here at motown philly communication connection and community how do what does what does gospel music communicate how does it connect us and what sorts of communities do we build with gospel music? Well, I mean, I think we would be remiss to 
not talk about the history of gospel music, right? And I mean, I want to, I guess, kind of speak very generally. Again, there are musicologists out there and music historians out there um, that would like to talk more about this. Please do. Uh, we have a Facebook group, Motown Philly Facebook group, po- Motown Philly podcast Facebook group. Please join it. Correct us, add information, share context, recommend books, all that. Because I'm just going to be speaking very generally based on what I've been taught, what I've read, <clears throat> and many documentaries that I've watched. But um, I'm also not a historian, and you know I could be mixing a lot of things up. Um, and also you guys as well, uh, Jason and Tim, jump in at any point. Um, but there's a lot of history to gospel music because there's a lot of history to the church and it's connection with black people right specifically african-americans and i'm going to stick with america uh, american gospel music um hymns have always existed i won't say always hymns have existed for a very long time um it predates black people being Christian um, but black people are the reason why gospel music is an industry <laughs> for being 100% honest right <clears throat> black people are the reason why anyone can make music can even make can make money in Christian music because even Christian music adopts themes and sounds of black music in pop culture or black gospel music. Wait, right? wait, wait. When you say Christian music, you mean like contemporary CCM yes. music? Yes. Ooh, All yeah. Christian music that's in an in, that's in the industry now, right? Got, got you. <clears throat> or, or has ever pretty mm-hmm. much been. So even if we're talking about Christian rock, right? Rock music in itself is black music. Mm-hmm. Right? If we're talking about, you know, Amy <clears throat> Grant, right? She's we'll say we'll call her pop music, right? Mm-hmm. Popular music in America has always been imitations of whatever black people made, and then just become popular in white culture, and white people singing it, right? Christian hip, Christian hip hop, Christian hip hop, right? Blatantly us. So even so, but my point is that black people have historically taken things that have been imposed upon them. Because that's in America, a lot of our Christianity. Now, I've also understand that there's there was Christianity in Africa previously, and I'm actually learning a lot of history about that very fairly recently. Not all Africans were had a Christian background, but I did actually get some documents recently, and I was like, this is very interesting history. Uh, Dr. Travis, uh, what's his last name? I can't think of his last name at the moment. Uh, he's a professor over at I want to say. I can't remember the name of the university now, but he's on Twitter. His name is Dr. Hood Scholar. You can follow him. If I can think of the name of his university, I want to say Langston Hughes. I could be totally wrong. He's at an HBCU. Um, <clears throat> but he's—I think he's at Norfolk State University. Norfolk. Okay, maybe. Yeah, he's Virginia. in Virginia. He's yeah. in Virginia. Um, he has sent me some documents, even about black people being Christian in Africa. So there is some history there. However, a lot of us in America know how Christianity has has also been has been imposed upon us in certain ways through slavery, right? At least the way we've been taught it, the way that we've practiced it. Um, but even with that, we've taken music, we've taken the church, 
and use it as a way to develop our abolition. So the church was where our spaces to um, strategize. The church was a places or the places where we could build community, right? How we could create safety for each other, how we could um, connect and communicate with each other. <clears throat> Negro spirituals became the ways that we began to, we learned to communicate with each other, to create safety, to find ways of means of escape, right? And we create, so we created these ways, even through having to use the systems and religion that was imposed upon us, we use that to create something beautiful, melodic, something that has, um, become also a space of joy which is intense if you think about it right how how it's become an art so now we've created this genre called gospel music that has become something so uh, where we can now praise our freedom we made it through the storm the storm is over now mm-hmm. right um Knowing that even though we have this painful stage, I know that we're going to make it to heaven. Now, some people look at that negatively, right? Some people look at that as a negative concept. Like black people, we're just living to die. We're waiting to get to heaven. We're dealing with suffering and oppression here on earth. And we're just dealing with it. However, there's another way to look at that. Even if we just look at it metaphorically all the way through, look, I'm going to make through this tough circumstance because I know on the other end of it, I'm going to, when I get through, there's going to be a reward. I'm going to get through this tough situation. If anybody asks me where I'm going, I'm going up at yonder to be with my Lord. There's safety with my Lord. Right? So gospel music gives us a sense of hope. It gives us a sense of aspiration. Something that we needed to get through these tough situations so we could fight for change. So that's when we also look at where gospel music has branched off into these other genres, which later becomes blues music which later becomes jazz music which later becomes soul music you know the protest music songs of resistance gospel music is the root of it all so I just want to make that point but that's how we build connection community and communication that was all throughout that process that's the answer to it I know much very long but the answer to your question oh no no that's fabulous Jay just before you jump in I should point out that there are some wonderful videos of uh, Dr. King and Mahalia Jackson together. Uh, Mahalia Jackson would often sing right before a major civil rights rally or speech or protest. Her, Her song, she would often sing Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. And for those listening, who might be unfamiliar with that story, God had given his people victory over the enemy and uh, they had to march around the city of Jericho seven times. And on the seventh time, the walls came tumbling down, right? So just to to reemphasize your point, Vita, you listen to Mahalia Jackson sing a song and then you can imagine Dr. King gets up and he... You know, he speaks and he's trying to encourage the people, the atmosphere and what that does for people in the middle of a struggle. 
the way that uplifts people and the way it spiritually enriches them is is really something in terms of communication connection and community so i just wanted to to drop that out there jay i'm sorry man i don't want to encroach on your time no no you're good um vita she just you know brings out a rich history of where gospel has its roots and i think when you have a conversation you always want to kind of find out uh, the etymology or the origins of what some what something is coming from or how it began and i i think of the etymology or how gospel music began with me like i i could be selfish in some many ways to say like how does that relate to me and i think of like my journey and my overall awareness of what gospel music was to me and it's speaking to my heart to my soul i i try to remember back the first time i remember any gospel song that resonated with me and that stayed with me and i'm not sure if you guys remember this song i don't know who sang it but i remember it was a song that first pulled me and it speaks to um I guess my spirit in very similar ways that Vita just mentioned. Like it's it's it was a song of victory, is a song of overcoming, is a song of fighting, is a song of moving forward. You guys remember that song? I'm going to move on up the mountain with my seal yes. and my sword, and, and I will I claim will... great victory in the, in name, the name of, of the Lord. Lord. And listen, that's the first song I ever remember. And it was just like, like that pulls, like the reason that I'm able to quote that so many years later is because it did something to me. I didn't know much about life, y'all. You know, what's so funny. I I hate to cut you off. No, you good. I I connect with you so deeply on something right Uh at this very moment. Go for it. There was a little girl named Mm -hmm. Deleon. Okay. She had a cassette tape. She was like all the rage <laughs> in uh-huh. the Sunday schools uh-huh. across America. The little right. black girl named Deleon. And she sang that song. That was the main song on that tape. My mother bought me this tape. Mm-hmm. I played that song on repeat. I even had a little dance routine to it. Mm-hmm. I went to a black owned Christian school as a kid. Mm-hmm. So we had a little, I think we had a little dance routine there as well. Liturgical for y'all. I don't know who this is. For y'all who don't know, liturgical. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Liturgical dance. If oh you don't only see the video. Listen, if you only understood the type, anybody who's been to a black church knows the kind of dancing it was. Yes. yes. Um, so, what you're saying with that particular song, gonna move on up the mountain, gonna pull the devil down. Mm-hmm. I guess I I didn't think about it till this very moment. You're right. That does have an impact on you, right? Uh, uh, it sticks because with us. It's that is so true. And it's actually a pretty empowering song if you just mm-hmm. think about the idea of see, I think I think the problem was that we we were taught this shit so literally mm-hmm. that you didn't really get the message in it. Cause you were so busy being taught because like in most storybooks as a kid you're taught it's fiction and i say we should be i'm not i'm not judging yourself people should that they should be reading fiction i'm not saying that however when you do read fiction 
you're automatically taught to find the message. What's the moral of the story? But for right. some reason, when it gets to anything religious, we don't really teach the message as much as we think we do. We're so busy trying to teach the literal story as a fact. And I think that gets, then I think when we do that, we muddy the actual message that we're supposed to get. The devil could be what? Anything that's holding us back from getting to our victory. Mm, even church folk. Right. Like, so as, as a child, but anybody, right? I'm not even going to put, I'm not even gonna, I don't even want to put this in a position of judging the church or church people. Sure. I really want to talk about anything that's holding you back from your victory. So I want to talk, I'm talking to even church folk right now, right? Mm -hmm. So as children, we're actually, if we take us, me and Jason and I were raised on this song, mm -hmm. right? It impacted us even till this day. But what we were, the lesson underneath should have always been at least reinforced consciously. Hey, children, you're going to move up your mountain. It, the devil's up there. Cause there's something that's gonna just trying to block you from getting to the top of that mountain that where your victory is. But guess what you can do? What can you do, Jason? Claim victory in the name. By, of by doing the... what though? You got to do what fight, first? Fight, fight, get you your shield and your sword. Sword. That's right. You got to pull the devil down with your shield and your sword. You got to fight the devil, and then. You can claim, claim your victory. victory. It's it's. I love it. Thank you for like expounding on that and bringing. <laughs> Sorry, that. I just no, really to what you said. Apologize. And that song, Delion girl, if you out there, thank you. Right, <laughs> she listening right now. Like <laughs> that podcast, that Motown Philly podcast. <laughs> <laughs> she might be, guys. She might be, or somebody else who knows her. You never know. True, true. But nah, that song, y'all. Um, talk about the experience. Yeah. Um, and how it, of course, communicated to me. Um, and it didn't even communicate to me everything that Vita just expressed. But in a lot of ways, I embodied like the soul of that song because it was talking about victory. It was talking about I'm in a place, in a position where I could be down. But if I, I fight like to and I fight valiantly with with the tools that I'm equipped with, like I, I'm going to come out victorious. And I was just, so that's something that I embraced. That's something that resonated with me. That was my first experience uh, with gospel music. Now I'll probably tell you this, I probably heard so much Christian music cause I grew up in a Christian home um, way before then. But for some reason, I'm telling y'all the experience of my first song that really hit me that I'm able to share it with y'all because it had a meaning and it was like it was way way back and I can't even tell you how old I was maybe somewhere around 10 or under but that was a song that hits that hit me and that stayed stayed with me the power of music well I'm gonna keep saying it this whole this whole month the power of music and what it can do to to us and how it can impact us and how it can communicate things uh, that can inspire us to attain and to achieve and to grow and reach those goals. So that's just a small experience with gospel music. I, if we can continue, we I, there's there's more songs that were impactful to me 
in my life that helped push me forward in whatever way. I do have my druthers about gospel music. Um, it, it's not going to be a slam party to be like, uh, gospel music is like this and the industry is all watered down and it's about money and everyone's trying to get everyone at the end of the day, everyone's trying to get paid and yeah, maybe share, share, share the, uh, the love of Christ. And, but let's call it what it is. It's an industry joke is trying to get paid and hopefully someone does get someone does see a bigger picture of who of who god is so that's my little synopsis and uh tim what you got bro well for me man i'm just amazed at the neuroscience i guess between what we hear and how what we hear affects our behavior and our mood Hmm. when i was in college I became deeply interested in in theology from listening to Martin Luther King. Uh, shout out to FM 105.3 FM in Philadelphia, WDAS. I don't even know if WDAS is still around anymore, but when I was in college, WDAS had a program every Sunday morning and it was called Martin Luther King Speaks. And at four o'clock on Sunday morning, I would set my alarm for 345 so I could be awake and they would play a different sermon by Martin Luther King. And this one particular time I was going through an especially difficult stretch in college and I was really struggling. I was really feeling down on myself. And just after the Martin Luther King Speaks program on Sunday morning, they played a song by Sam Cooke and the Soul Stirrers called Jesus Gave Her Water. And it's the story of, it's the gospel music version of Jesus's interaction with the woman at the well where he told her she had five husbands and she said, come and see a man that told me everything I've ever done. And I was astonished at how I listened to that song. I went from being someone who was feeling extremely sad by the end of that song. And what the song is not more than two minutes and 35 seconds long. By the end of that song, I was up in my dorm room making, I was an RA, so I had my own room. I was making up my bed. I was getting ready to go in the shower and I didn't have nowhere to go. Right. It's not, it was a Sunday morning. It's not like I had stuff to do or anything. So for me, that was something that was an experience I had. And by the way, if, if folk out there, if you haven't heard Sam cook and the soul stirrers, you haven't heard gospel music because Sam Cook can flat out sing. I'm waiting for, you know, a young a young Denzel Washington would have been fantastic as Sam Cook in the Sam Cook biopic. But I'm waiting for I'm still waiting for that biopic to come out. I don't know who they're going to get to play him, but I'm sure they get somebody good. But my point is music uh, in, in that moment. I had community with myself. I connected with myself. And I subconsciously communicated something extremely uplifting to myself just based on the melody of those voices 
and how they blended themselves together. It really is astonishing to me and it blows me away how just hearing that and hearing a, a certain specific range of melodies and tones with emphases on certain parts and it how that precise combination just completely lifted my mood, lifted my spirit and set me out on my day. Uh, it was just incredible. So for me, that's that's a real, real uh, dope experience I had with gospel music. I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure we are. I think as this goes on, we're going to be sharing some more like just experiences when it comes to gospel music. Where, where were we? in our life when we heard this song and mm -hmm. things of that nature. Mm -hmm. um, gospel music is, 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 is a crazy genre that kind of flows throughout all facets of, of life. And it's not just in the, in the realm of the church or even religion. Um, that thing fl can flow over into various, various aspects of, of life that are pretty amazing. Yeah. And then I, you know, I have to confess, like Vita, you said you had that song on, on a loop. You were just playing it on repeat. I felt like I was, you know, I felt like I was on drugs. Like I was literally chasing that gospel high and I went out like looking for gospel music. Then I started listening to Mahalia Jackson and I was like, oh my goodness, this woman can sing. And then it was Aretha Franklin, of course, whose father was a pastor. So it, it's just really been for me, I, I guess, since I heard Sam Cooke and the Soul Stirrers, I, I sort of been chasing that gospel high myself. But I, I wanted to ask y'all about the connections between some of these genres, right? Because it, it's always made me chuckle a little bit to see people in the gospel community maybe be critical of people in the hip-hop community. And I'm wondering whether and to what extent the two of those genres are building off of one another, right? Gospel means good news and good news in Christianity at least comes to good news comes to people who are in a bad situation right hmm. and a lot of people in hip hop in urban communities historically have been in bad situations and the religion doesn't always get it for them in fact you listen to Ja Rule's clap back he, he talks about uh, pastor's daughters and the Christian girls being the freakiest out of all the religions and I guess it's easy to find places of separation and discord, but I'm here with two of the smartest people I know. And if anybody can build a bridge where one seems to have been burned, I think it's Vita and Jason. So what might we say to build some bridges between musical genres that appear to be diametrically opposed to one another like hip hop and gospel. What would y'all say to that? How could we how could we find some common ground with these genres? Go for it, V. Okay. Sorry. I thought it's sniffling. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> um 
I can save you if you need me to. <laughs> I got something to say. Well, I think you you hit on a lot of things, Tim, mm-hmm. which is there are some commonalities. One is highlighting like the pain and overcoming those pains. Mm-hmm. Um, hope. I also think there's a lot of joy and celebration, right? So we talk about like hip hop has like party themes, right? Hip hop came out of partying, right? The DJ and celebration, and you know it was a the MC was actually secondary. People don't know that mm-hmm. the DJing and the partying. The DJ was the star. And everybody came to hear the DJ and how he was going to mix and master the music. And then the DJ was just the person. I'm sorry, the MC was the person that was the master of ceremonies. He was basically the person that was just sort of, you know, uh, supporting the DJ. And eventually, the rapper or the MC became the star. But they were celebrating. It was joy and gospel music. In addition to all the themes and the topics, and sometimes the topics and the themes, like you know, we shall, you know, uh, you know, what did I say earlier. Um, uh, you know, uh, we'll make it through the storm and all those concepts and themes are the thing that gets us through and all of that. But sometimes the song just jams, <laughs> you know, sometimes I honestly don't even know what the hell they be talking about. You know, the, uh, Donnie McClurkin got a song talking about hell, hell, line Judah. I don't really know what the song's about. I don't really care. I just enjoy the song. Mm-hmm. I've been saying hell, hell, line of Judah too. I don't really know what it means, and I don't really. Got, and I promise you, half people I go to church with don't know what it means. But mm-hmm. it sound good. It jam. We be dancing, having a good time. <laughs> you know, it's joy, and lots and, and many other songs. Or sometimes they're just praise songs, right? We just praising, right? Mm-hmm. It's in your praise. You know, you just having a good time, and that's it. Um. It's not deep. There's <laughs> no depth to it. It's not a bunch of crazy lyricism. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it is a, some, some nice, but, you know, but I don't think Are You Ready for Your Miracle is really that deep. It's just mm-hmm. a good song. It's got a nice vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and, but either way, Jason was happy because Fred Hammond oh. from Detroit. <laughs> oh, I'm like, why are you getting excited? Put me in the game, coach. I didn't, even realize, game. I didn't even know he was from Detroit, but you know, I'm I'm rocking with it. But there are a lot of similarities. Now, if we even take it to the next step of just looking at it industry wise, a lot of them are taking hip hop producers and trying to get upbeat and trying to get into the next generation. And a lot of gospel music is taking in hip hop themes. They're even bringing in rappers. One of the things that made uh, Kirk Franklin a crossover superstar is he created the song Stomp, first of all, using uh, George Clinton and then uh, music. And then what did he do next? He put salt from salt and pepper on the song. You know, ah, push it. No, that same salt. Mm-hmm. Talking about get up on this, that salt and pepper. Mm-hmm. Talking about I want to know how does it hang straight up, wait up, hold up. Yeah, her. Mm-hmm. She's on a gospel song <laughs> with Kirk Franklin. Right. Talking about you make me want to stomp. Talking about God makes you want to stomp. Mm-hmm. Now I don't even know what that means, but it don't matter. It jam. <laughs> right. Yep. 
So that's those those are some other connections between hip hop and gospel. And that made him a crossover superstar. Mm. So yeah, that's how they feed off each other. They start making each other some money. Mm-hmm. So here, here's my interaction with that. That's so much. Uh, Via brought in your boy Fred Hammond. For y'all who who you guys, of course, who don't know, Fred Hammond is from the D. <laughs> um, and if you if I'm honest, Detroit, because of those roots of um, soul and um, music that came from Motown. Um, a lot of good gospel came from Detroit. Um, Tim said it last week. Aretha Franklin came. You know, she was she set up residence in 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 Detroit, and you know, you fast forward the Winans. Oh, they're they're from the they're you? from Detroit. Yes, and right next door Ooh. to New Wine, the Winans. You got a. Uh, you know, Fred Hammond jamming over at Greater Grace Temple. You know what I'm saying? Off of Seven Mile. And, <laughs> and, and Commission was formed. And yes. Marvin Sapp came out of that mug. And, uh, you know, Fred eventually branched mm-hmm. off and created Radicals for Christ. And, you know, Are You Ready? And he, he went solo after that, man. But... You know, that whole genre of gospel in the early to mid 90s, CC Winans, BB Winans, you know, they were playing with that gospel going into a little R&B. Everyone was always wondering, is this about Jesus or is is this about what? are we on a date? Are we on a date? So. Let's be Yo, real. That, that was real smooth. That was real smooth. Show yeah. me the right way. What right way? Must be from heaven. Exactly. Together. It's like heaven. I mean, are you talking about God? Are you talking about That was heaven? always the right. question, bro. Like, yeah. what, what they talking about? Yeah. But the thing is, man, when you go deep in the BB, at the end of the day, it was about love, man. And like, if we truly believe in that higher power that gives life, that higher power is God, Jesus, that one who created this, like it came and started and happened in love and out of love. And um, I think that's what CC and BB was on. And you could flip it away. Like, how? What are we talking about? Um, we know when you know them, you kind of know where they're talking about. And people just—that was part of it. Like, how do we make this clear? We like it, but ah, forget it. We just—if you're—if you're in the mind frame of Jesus, you just think of it. You think of the same words and song as 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 this is talking about your relationship with God or a relationship with God or Jesus. <laughs> And if you were in, maybe if you knew nothing about God, you pop on BBS CC, like, we're going out on a date, girl. What you doing? <laughs> and, <laughs> and they just show me the right way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Y'all remember skating? <laughs> going to the, yo, the whole thing when it came to gospel music, it's it's a phenomenon. But let, I want to get on this topic. hip Because you mentioned it. Hip-hop and or gospel or and gospel and how they kind of play off of each other mm-hmm. i'm a hip-hop head right not 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 like vita uh, let me just let's make things clear not like vita no nope. i love hip-hop like, vita got right vita got hip-hop bona fides me yeah, and you yeah, we just got, we know a little bit about hip-hop but vita's yeah. a vita's a hip-hop officiant 
right she got the card like she showed me like here go my here go my hip-hop card let me yeah oh my goodness so my thing is i love hip-hop hip-hop raised me in a lot of ways and it's in me so as i became at one point just like more christian as far as what christian is and was like i will often listen to gospel music you know fred and all them but i was actually moving away from a lot of the roots that i grew up on especially in the early early to mid 90s and i was just like i'm i'm missing hip-hop because i'm i'm in all this christian music vibe and it was it was cool but i felt like i was leaving something behind then i got introduced to lecrae and it was a wrap for me because no pun intended he's lecrae is a rapper and he actually brought and i've heard rap before because rap christian rap is corny let's just be honest like to hear it before at a one point i was just like what are y'all doing just stop like these you mean like gospel gangsters yeah, like this, like this, this, <laughs> well, this actually, doesn't actually. I do have to interject here, Jay. I'm gonna let you finish your Go point, but I always thought T Bone was legit. I always like T Bone, and I and I would go for that, like, yeah. but in general and total and yeah, whole, I agree. Christian music, whack. yeah, Christian, Christian, uh, Christian hip hop was whack, yeah. but T Bone and Lecrae, and there was another couple of you them boy, you undergrounders, you boy, you boy on delay like he yeah. people start i was like okay like you can actually have a real legit flow with some nice with some nice music in the background some nice beat in the background and be cool not be cool but just be be relevant like you ain't just you ain't corny because when it first started it was corny corny it was whack but there was some there was some people like t-bone and 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 lecrae and on delay that were doing some real fire ish and i was just like yo like i rock with that so you start listening to like it's produced well like vita i'm not sure how much you're up on lecrae but like if you if you just listen to what he's done and what he how he started to where he is now his message and how he's always just you know being authentic so the fusion of 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 real legit mcs if you will along with the the understanding that beats Real good beats don't necessarily have to come from a studio. They can be produced at a high level with people who just are really good at the skill. And you don't got to look for the dude who's who has the, the backpack full of beats. It's like, yo, if you really concentrate, you could be good at what you do. I don't care if you call yourself Christian or not. So finding those people, merging them with good MCs has produced really good Christian artists. Or hip hop artists that I vibe with. I don't know if you listen to NF. NF, he I think he lives in Cali right now, but he's from Detroit, and he has an Eminem type vibe. And you know, somebody, a lot of these artists, they get compared to like people who are actually who are not Christian artists, and they kind of get kind of pushed to the side. Like, ah, he's that's NF. He's trying to be like Eminem, and that's just like you can always say somebody trying to be like somebody. But the point is, how how what's your how you how are you produced, and what is your content? And are you authentic with it? So I really vibe with some some good some Christian, good positive music, Christian music, whatever you want to call it, hip hop music that that um, just kind of transcends what I used to listen to. That was corny. So it's whatever. What do you think about that, Vita? Um, I have listened to Lecrae years ago. I I thought he was good rapper. Like I definitely thought he was a good MC. 
I just never got into his songs. Mm-hmm. But that's just I just didn't get into them. <laughs> I, I don't even I don't have anything specific that I remember that I didn't get into them. There was a reason why. I think I just wasn't into him, but I haven't listened to him in a long time. So m- maybe there's a lot I haven't listened to since he's gotten better. Um, he kind of reminded me of another rapper named Fashion style wise, but I wasn't really into him either. So, um, <laughs> but I don't know. He just, I, I, I can't even remember why he made me think of Fashion. They might be nothing alike, but I just, for some reason, made me, made me think of him. But I, I never got into him for whatever reason. Um, I've never liked uh, uh, Christian rappers. Even when I was a Christian, with the exception of, yeah, I never really liked any of them. <laughs> I, I couldn't. And I, I guess why? This, My question is, yeah, deep question is why? why it's I mean, kind of the like, same reason you said. I thought they were really corny. Um, like they're trying to be like something they weren't, so they're just gonna do it this way. Type vibe. I felt it was too. You were. I felt like you had two camps, right? I felt like you had people, guys who, a lot of times there were guys, very few were there, there were very few female rappers I remember, unless they were with a group. But usually they were guys. So you had the guys that really wanted to rap, but felt they weren't, knew they weren't going to make it competitively in secular music. So they came to gospel music. And I thought they were corny. (laughs) And then I thought, the guys who were in gospel music grew up in the church. Sometimes, sometimes they came from gospel families, gospel music families. They really wanted to do secular music, but they wanted to stay true to what the, their one, where their connections were, where their family was, <clears throat> and they were loyal to what their you know, or their, maybe their family even pressured them to stay within that genre. Mm-hmm. Or that, and even if their family wasn't in the music industry, that maybe their family's just Christian. You know what I mean? And so they just stayed in that space. And I just thought they, they, they it's like they couldn't break out of that. So they were just making music in that space. And it just came off so inauthentic for me. So I just can never get into it. So I think that's why. Um, I, I, oh, my thing on? You good. Okay. You good. Um, because <laughs> I can hear it in my headphones. Um, I feel like um, a lot of times with gospel, I'm sorry, with Christian music that tries to be secular, it just comes off so cheesy. Like, because, like you said, it's like it's not, it's not, it's not who you are. Mm-hmm. And I think something that's something about hip hop, which is probably why hip-hop is not doing as well as it used to hip-hop what made it good was that even when it it had it has to at least come off as authentic right it has to feel authentic there has to be enough elements in it that are authentic to are the things that aren't authentic we can get past it right definitely and, and christian gospel music that try that's Hip hop, it just doesn't come off that way, and I think it's hard to pull it off in that genre. Yeah, and I I, I like what you said, Vita, because here's the thing: whether it's hip hop, whether it is gospel, it the music has to be authentic. It yeah. has to it has to be it can't be contrived. Right. And what I hear you saying, Vita, is that sometimes, or at least for you, it may be 
Christian rappers or Christian hip hop came off like it was contrived, like it was something that people were trying to do. So I want to I want to give you all my take on this. And I want to say that if you ask our listening, I would like to ask our listening audience this question. What do Public Enemy and Mahalia Jackson have in common? And what they have in common is that both of them are engaged in a very important work of art as political protest. They're both engaged in art as political protest. If you think about it, the conditions like Mahalia Jackson, she sang for Dr. King when he went into Chicago to protest the housing situation. And when you listen to the Wu-Tang Clan and they talk about what it's like in Shyland, in Staten Island, and they talk about the projects, what are they doing? In a sense, they're rapping in protest about the conditions in which they have to live. So if we really want to do any serious thinking, I think it's high time that we abandon this superficial because you got church folks who would just say, oh, Lord, them them gangster rap. That is of the devil. Right. It's too easy to do that. Like challenge yourself a little bit and stop and think about what Mahalia Jackson is really doing, what Aretha Franklin is really doing. And what is the Wu-Tang Clan doing when B.I.G. is talking about being reduced to his genitalia and, and grabbing himself and telling the women to grab themselves? Right. What are they doing? They are, in some sense, speaking out against or speaking from a place of oppression in much the same way, dare I say as the cherished voice of Mahalia Jackson. Folks, I want to get Jason and Vita's take on this and we'll pick up on the other side. Stay tuned for a word from our sponsors. We will be right back on the other side with more of episode 47 of the Motown Philly podcast. See y'all on the other side. Hello, Motown Philly family. You all need to know that this podcast is sponsored by the speaker's mechanic the speaker's mechanic is a business enterprise of my co-host jason hall who is a communication skills coach and he's also published author of a book called a vocal owner's manual he works with professionals who are looking to improve their communication skills and i guarantee you that if you work with him he will improve yours. Check out his book on Amazon. Again, it's called A Vocal Owner's Manual, and you will be certain once you check him out to improve and get better because here at Motown Philly, that's what we're all about, and that's what his brand, The Speaker's Mechanic, is all about. Thanks so much for tuning in, and thanks to The Speaker's Mechanic for this sponsorship. All right, folks, here we are back with episode 47 of the Motown Philly podcast, trying to challenge your thinking a little bit today. Maybe you maybe you are an avid churchgoer. Maybe you thump your Bible better than anybody else in the church. And the thought of Mahalia Jackson doing anything similar to the Wu-Tang Clan just 
get you all ruffled up inside. Well, if that happened, I want to tell you that's beautiful. Stay ruffled, stay angry, stay uncomfortable because we want to challenge your thinking. I, I say that if we're going to start to bridge gaps between these genres and church folk like to put up a wall, it's like the wall of separation between church and state, right? The sacred and the secular. Oh, we're not, we don't do that over here. When the fact of the matter is that's exactly what gospel music does. Rightly conceived is challenged the status quo. And that's what hip hop does. That's what the protest music of R&B does, soul music. Curtis Mayfield. When Curtis Mayfield talks about, uh, was it him? I think it was his group. Uh, People get ready. There's a train coming. Don't need no ticket. You just get on board. Get on board. Right? What what is he talking about? He's not doing anything that John the Baptist didn't do. When John the Baptist stood up and said, repent and be baptized. Because in John the Baptist's day, what would happen is people would go to the temple and they would be they had to pay for their uh have their sins forgiven and when john the baptist stood up and said repent and be baptized he brought an end to all of that and here comes curtis mayfield centuries later saying people get ready there's a train coming you don't need no ticket you don't have to buy no ticket just get on board all you got to do is thank the lord right so i think i think we have to sort of see the protest roots in this mu- in this in this music and see how we can use that to build bridges instead of use misunderstandings to build walls. What do y'all think about that? Well, I mean, I think that's that very very accurate. Um I feel like a lot of times when we think about music and I think Curtis Mayfield is such a great example of this. We think about music in the ways that we've been able to use it to connect and not just build bridges, but build bridges to freedom, build bridges to um, resources, because those songs are freedom songs, right? Those are songs to get, remind people that, hey, we have a movement happening, right? So these are civil rights songs, right? Um, in fact, a lot of Curtis Mayfield's songs are that. I, lo- I love Curtis Mayfield. I'm a huge Curtis Mayfield fan. Great documentary. I think it's on YouTube, by the way. You can find me, it. Me too. Me too, Vita. Love um, her. And we, we should definitely talk about this too, right? Which is the fact that a lot of these uh, writers in R&B and many other genres, they got their start in the church. Huh. They start with gospel music. Mm. these creations and you talked you talked about Aretha Franklin right you talked about some of these artists that started there but it's beyond just like they sing gospel they sing gospel style music some of them don't but they did bring that style to the world to even make it like for example Ray Charles right who basically <laughs> literally took gospel songs and sang sex over it <clears throat> right and you know, so that's a way to build a bridge. <laughs> so, Vita, Vita, let me let me just let me just I gotta interject here and say this. You remember the scene in Ray when yes. they were in the nightclub and Ray Charles was was playing and the church folks came in and they were like, You playing this devil's music, you gotta stop and, and that's the kind of conflict that we're talking about, right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But it's funny. At the same time, 
it's with that song is a, you know that song and many of his songs are classics till this day that mm-hmm. we sing till this day that's right that yeah, I mean, people party for generations and decades right you know, you know what song puts me in a good mood and it ain't nothing but gospel and r&b together it's ray ray charles hallelujah i just love her so there Every we go before the sun come up she brings me coffee in my favorite cup. That's why I know, I know. Hallelujah. I just love her so. And if you have church folks say, you ain't supposed to say no hallelujah to that. When the reality is, if you're in a good relationship, you should be shouting hallelujah about your partner. If your partner, right. really, if you find somebody in this life who really loves you and genuinely cares for you and is going to get up before the sun comes up and bring you coffee in your favorite cup, you better be shouting hallelujah. In fact, I would argue that the only, and Jason and I, you you and I have talked about this, Jason, and me and you have talked about it too, Vita. Here's the thing. Christian ethics doesn't mean anything apart from human relationships. So I'm suspicious of anybody that's talking about how close to God they are and they shouting hallelujah in some kind of mystical trance, but the people in your life don't receive any of that enthusiasm. There's something wrong. That's a good point. You know, I mean, to me, the real, I mean, it's almost like Christians have to learn to be a little atheistic. I don't want to get in trouble when I say this with y'all. So don't call me up and tell me, oh, Lord, Tim done forgot about Jesus. I'm not even talking about all that. Here's the thing. If you really want to be a good Christian, you have to focus less on the God above you and more on the God in the people in your life. Mm, but mm, mm. Your, 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 your partner, your spouse, your children, your friends. Right. When you look into the other face of the other person, you looking into the face of God. And we have to start to understand that if we're going to really appreciate what it means to to be in ethical relationship with people. So I just I just love that song. Hallelujah. I just love her. So because who wouldn't want to shout hallelujah if they had somebody that good in their life? But I think you're touching on something that's really important, which is the role of gospel and community. Right. Yes. What's the point of it if it doesn't bring you community? Yes. It's putting you in a mystical trance and you're isolated because somehow you're better than everybody else and you're not a, you're, you're more Christian and godly than everybody else, so you isolated yourself. Yeah. Then gospel, then the gospel isn't doing its job, right? Yeah, exactly. The gospel music should be bringing us together. Think about it like this: gospel music usually has what a choir. A choir requires many voices mm. that yep. all work together mm. in harmony and or unison. Mm. Mm. They have to come together to, to almost create one voice. Mm. Mm-hmm. Look at so, Vita dropping gems. Gospel music only works <laughs> in community. In community. Oh, I love it. I love it, Vita. Brought the whole thing together. Hallelujah. I just said hallelujah. Go ahead, Jay. What you talking about, man? Say something. I think we can open the doors to the church. Yeah. I we get off, right? The doors of the church are now open. Which is wild because I'm the atheist. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what? It's not. You know what's wild, Vita? What's wild is that church folk 
have the, you know, I once, I, I believe that church people are some of the most dishonest people that you will ever find. And that dishonesty, not in a bad malicious way, but that dishonesty is learned by an inability, a cultivated inability to connect with other people because you're always trying to connect with a mystical being that nobody can see. Mm. And not realizing that, especially if you're a Christian, Jason, I want your comment on this. If you're a Christian and Vita, you you too, because you you were reared in, in Christianity. Y'all, you understand this. What's the whole teaching of Christianity? That God, God didn't stay up there to himself. The whole teaching is that he came to earth and became a person. Mm. And he joined himself to his creation. There's a fusion of humanity of, of divinity with humanity that is forever that's the belief and yet somehow even though we believe that god has connected himself to human beings forever we are busy trying to disconnect ourselves from human beings so that we can connect with him while all the while forgetting that he is connected with us right Jay, talk to me, man. When it when it comes to the these topics of like music, uh, gospel, and what we're kind to lean into, and how it p- bleeds out into like you know our our worldview, if you will, <clears throat> and how what we listen to impacts uh, our lives. I, I think. And we mentioned it earlier, like the ability to have music that is authentic and that resonates a a level that touches the heart that creates and causes change, whether insights, insights, memories and inspires us to do and to be and to to grow. I just think that when it comes to gospel music and we talk about our ability to connect it with life circumstances, like you talked about the hallelujah in a relationship, Mm. um, like that should resonate. That should not only resonate, it should not resonate on a social level. It should resonate on a spiritual level because our souls crave connection our souls we are relational beings we've often talked about that term and and i'm sure you you also uh connect and resonate with that like and when gospel is communicated in a choral like that's that's crazy that's bomb how you describe that is communicated from a choral perspective of where arrangements sound and melody are mixed with unison or harmony like it you can picture a bringing together of people to actually do the act that also as it as it is expressed or communicated it's also corralling and bringing like purpose and design to bring people together in a communicate in a communicative fashion and 
that allows and facilitates connection that creates community um gospel music is in fact an embodiment of of this of the human i'm not gonna call it the human experiment but i'm i'm leaning (laughs) i'm leaning i'm leaning in that way right now and that's as far as the human condition maybe that allows us to continue to to really kind of help figure like it's a tool to help figure out life my thought about gospel music let me say this vita it's really easy to kind of feel and think that hip-hop especially gospel or christian hip-hop can can seem to come off from an inauthentic way i think it's gotten better over time i'm not sure you how much you guys listen but um i listen a lot i keep my ear to the to the ground of really good artists um, whether it's lyricist or production music, the musicality of music. So there, there has since T-Bone Tim and, and Lecrae and all those who 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 likes you know spit verbiage that is uplifting and positive. That those are those are John. That's a genre genre that is that is really powerful. But we can somehow, like you said see the corniness which i don't think is is there as much nearly as much as it used to be um but i'm thinking like when it comes to the pure the pureness of what we hear in christian music or in in gospel music how can we figure and and hear the corniness or the inauthenticity in the in the pure genre of gospel i think with gospel music I think when we start to question the authenticity and whether or not it's corny is when it tries too hard to be secular when not being good. Cause I think when it's good enough, we'll let it go. <laughs> and the mm-hmm. reason why I say that is because I think certain people we, we let slide. Like I think people that marry, Mary slide, for example, right? They've definitely mm-hmm. had like taken hip hop sounds, although they've been criticized. I will say that. But I feel like, like, but Kirk Franklin has definitely been criticized. You know what I mean? But then again, he still makes money. He still does his thing. So I don't know. That's actually a good question. Now that I'm thinking, I'm actually going to backtrack. So I don't know. Um, Is my, what are your thoughts? Uh, like, so we, you and I grew up in a way, a place, a space where they often said things like, this is secular music and like that's secular and this is Christian. I don't know. I think me just knowing that I keep my ear to the, my ear to the ground when it comes to like hip like christian hip-hop or even christian music gospel music like i think there's a there has there is now at this point a fusion between it all like what is secular music what is what is what is christian music what is even hip-hop i'm saying this because the production and the musicality of a lot of music on par um is is really high level and like no one is and people sample everybody and it started with it started with kurt it may have started before kurt but kurt really made it popular it went on to mary mary and so on and so forth so it's just like no one really has a has a no one really has like the ownership, if you will, the pure ownership to be like, oh, that's my music and it's secular. Oh, that's my music and it's got, it's just like, it, music is music now. Like someone mentioned like, 
why does the plumber who happens to be a Christian, why is he labeled the Christian plumber? Why can't he just be the plumber who just got his butt crack out and he's fixing <laughs> and he's and he's fixing your sink? But I think the difference is that one of the themes and also I think the church being more in control of it and church spaces being more in control of it. Um, and I also feel like they wanted I think a lot of these church spaces and religious spaces wanted it that way like they wanted to be separate I don't think it was that everybody else labeled them it wasn't outsiders labeling them that I think it was them wanting to be separate you meaning the the Christian like yeah people in the church like yeah this is second yeah okay they're the ones that if we've been in church we separate as when when we were you know being raised in church we were taught that's the worst worldly right mm-hmm. yeah, we, that's the that's devil our that's our language yeah i don't say that i don't say secular much at all not I'm saying like, you personally i'm just talking right, about right, right. like when you're raising the in, in the church space we're the ones going to heaven we're the good people they're the outsiders you know what i mean that's mm-hmm. the sort of way that you're taught religion so i think that was more so an internal thing i don't think that was the outside world saying oh these are those gospel people Let's label them that and put it. I think it was more so. No, we're we're the Christians. Gotcha. This is Jesus's music. We take ownership of this. You know. True. True. Yeah. Yeah. Tim, what you think? Uh, I, what I think is as this as we you know we 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 have not talked about favorites yet. We we need to <laughs> reserve some space for favorite gospel artists best gospel group right all of that i'm gonna get it started i'm a old soul so i love sam cook and the soul stirs i love mahalia jackson i am a fan of i like fred hammond i don't know this is almost as hard as r&b because you got so many great female artists you got so many great male artists you got so much contemporary i don't know i guess if i was going to go with a mount rushmore i would have one female one male one group and one duet so let me see uh i like the duet i like bb and cc i'm a fan of them I got to give them props. I am also a fan of, well, I said Sam Cooke and the Soul Stirs. That'll be my group. My female artist would probably be Mahalia Jackson. Although a lot of people might, you know, more contemporary taste might say someone like Yolanda Adams or someone like that. I couldn't argue with that choice. So I got Sam Cooke and the Soul Stirs, BB and CC Winans. Yolanda Adams and I'm going to go with Jay's homeboy from Detroit, Fred Hammond. Can I tell y'all, if I had a nickel for every time somebody told me I look like Fred Hammond, I could have retired about 10 years ago. I was walking across the street in in Philly, Jay, and these dudes driving by in the car. They said, there go Fred Hammond. (laughs) I was like, wow, man. I mean, you know, I ain't, ain't no shade to Fred, but I thought I was a 
Little man looking should, at the dread. You like, should have just started. You should have just started out. No weapon. Right. Formed <laughs> against <laughs> me shall prosper. And be like, that'll be five dollars. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very yeah. much. I'll be here all week. I should have hit him up with that. And I, I can't. I mean, it's almost sacrilegious that I didn't mention Kirk Franklin. He's like the oh, prince wow. of gospel music. Like, what am I thinking of? So. Y'all can stone me for the listening audience. Y'all can stone me for that later. But anyhow, th- those are some of my favorites. How, how about y'all? Vita, who do you like? So <clears throat> um, as far as solos, I was going to say Yolanda Adams because, I mean, yeah. come on, it's Yolanda Adams. I know awesome. Mahalia Jackson's considered a great. Yeah, um, she's a great. I mean, of course, but Yolanda Adams. Yolanda Adams. I feel um, it's just something the way about the, so it's it's just something the, about the way she sings. I agree, she's phenomenal. She's um, phenomenal. it's just so beautiful. Yeah, and it's like you can't. I've I've seen her live. I've seen yeah. the woman live. Wow. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. She's yeah. every bit. Yep. Of what you imagine, she can sing. She okay. Can get, yeah, she can get it. She be getting it. Um. What was the categories? Duos? A, a, a duet, a male, female duet, and a group. Um, male, female duos, duets. I mean, I only know BB and CC. I can't even tell you another one, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah. The only other duos I even know at all are female, female, or male, male. Like Dawkins and Dawkins or Mary, Mary. Oh right, no, I uh-huh. wasn't. I wasn't saying that the duet had to be male female. I was saying, oh, okay. One, one I'm ma- not a big fan of Mary Mary, and I think Doctor Dawkins is just okay. So I'll, and, but I'll, so I'll say, um, BBSCC. Let's let's dig into the weeds. Why why are you not a fan of Mary Mary? I don't like the way they fan. sing. I don't like their voices. So, I don't really care for their songs that much. I don't. You I don't, don't like the way, like they, sing the way they sing. I don't at don't all. Don't like their voices. I do not. Help me out with that. Help me out in understanding your lack of not liking their voices. I, I the don't. I don't like the way they sound. I don't. I'm not saying that they can't sing. I'm not saying that. I can definitely hear that they understand sound. It's technically they're technically very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike I don't mm-hmm. like this. Unlike Jennifer Lopez, right? V? Yeah, Jennifer Lopez just is to me tone deaf when, and has no listen, skills. See, Tim, but you just but don't be using I just, I don't Jen- even see how you as can a punching bag. Ar- like no see, one can listen, argue listen, Jennifer let's Lopez. Can let's sing. keep moving. Let's keep moving. <laughs> keep moving. But podcast. She, and they have very lot of technical skills. They they can definitely sing. I just personally don't like the sound of their voices. I don't like the way that I don't like their tones. I don't like the that the way that they. I don't like the way that they belt their notes. I don't like. I don't think it, it just doesn't do anything for me. Sometimes they sound okay. like they're using auto tune. I don't like that. I don't like the way that they're. I don't like their voices at all, and I don't really care for their songs. I think I think we learn we're learning Tim that Vita is a purist. I'm not sure what that really means. Pure purely <laughs> what? Exactly. Yeah, there's. I, I know. Ear. I think they can sing. So I'm not. So how can I be a purist if I'm saying they have the vocal talent? I, mean, I just, just don't like the sound of their voice. Their sound. They kind of have an auto tune. Like they probably do auto tunes. I, like. I didn't say they probably do auto tune. I I don't like that that 
I can't even explain it, but there's this way that they use their voice that I just I'm not a fan of. I don't like the way it sounds. I feel you. It's like saying like this chocolate cake is very moist. It has all the elements of what makes a cake good, but I don't like the taste of chocolate. You get what I'm saying? Right. So it's all the elements of a very I can tell this whoever baked this chocolate cake is very talented. It's moist. It has the texture. It has the fluffiness and the cr- and, and creaminess and the frosting. It's evenly layered. It's very it has all the elements of a great chocolate of a great cake. But I don't like the taste of chocolate. That's what it's like. My, my thought is like I don't know. With uh, wanting to cook up your analogy a little more, is it the fact that you don't like the taste of chocolate? Chocolate would be the genre to me versus maybe you just don't like the cake or you don't like cake you know it's, it has a, you just don't like cake period so in this metaphor i would say the genre is gospel i like cake mm-hmm. so i would say genre i'm sorry I, the, the cake is gospel I, so okay. i like gospel music so if we say cake is gospel music i like gospel music so i like i enjoy mm-hmm. cake mm-hmm. the way that they make cake I'm sorry, the way that, I'm sorry, the flavor of the cake, which I know people enjoy, is not the flavor that I enjoy. The way that they yeah. flavor their voices is just not the way that I like my voices. I just don't like that sound. It's not bad. It's just not something I enjoy. I can't quite explain it. I just don't like the sound of their voices. Yeah, they're makes good sense. singers. They have the technical skills. They have the range. They They can belt out notes with the best of them. They have good harmonies most of the time from what I've heard. I haven't heard them live enough to be like, you know, really get into it. But personally, I'm just not a big fan of their songs. I'm not a big fan of their voices. So that's why I'm not. But I was trying to get into all that. You just stopped me to ask me why I'm not a big fan of Mary Mary. I'm just not a big fan of Mary Mary. Got you. But um, BB and CC will be my will be my thing because they can sing their butts off. Mm -hmm. Um, Group. Well, what are some? I'm trying to think of a gospel group. When you say group, does that include choirs? It includes. It would be like Kirk Franklin and the Family. So uh, it's like Fred Hammond, Radical for Christ. Um, okay. You know. Um. <coughs> Winans um, when they you know they made a lot of songs together. Uh, family. Oh, I like all. So everybody you named, highly love all of them. So I don't know. Um. It's hard because I probably know more Kirk Franklin songs. Oh, you know who I would say in place of Yolanda Adams? I do love to meet some Donnie McClurkin. Mm. You, and you know who's really an honorable mention? Maybe neck and neck with Fred Hammond on my Mount Rushmore. Forgive me for not mentioning him. I'm a big Smokey Norfolk fan. That's another great. I, I love I love me some Smokey Norfolk. I love his voice. He's just a very talented guy. Very, very beautiful music he makes. Yeah. Hezekiah Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like Hezekiah. Um Rachel is our guy. Mississippi Mass Choir. I love mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And I'm being a kid singing a lot of but mm. well, we, I remember, I always have. I feel like our choir always tried to sing one. Like we have a feather of tape and have to mm-hmm. sing some of their songs. You know what's so funny? I remember back in the day when you would buy a choir's tape because back then we had uh-huh. tapes. 
the yep. other side would have all the instrumentals to yep. the songs. Yep. And you, <laughs> so your choir could play the mm-hmm. tape and practice off of it or sing <laughs> off of it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Jay, who you got, man? Very, very tough list we're talking about here. Yeah. Like, it's just like yeah. you asking a parent to ki- pick his kids. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying I birthed any of these, but they birthed stuff inside of me. Ooh. Yeah. My, so, um, Fred, come on. Yeah. Fred Hammond Fred. Fred. is the GOAT. Fred. love <laughs> Fred. Fred is the GOAT. I'm going to, you got to put Kurt. Yo, y'all know Kurt been singing for like decades. He's been singing for like four, three or four decades. It's absolutely ridiculous. Mm. Kurt is the Drake. <laughs> Of, of gospel music, he just don't stop, bro. Drake, Prince, whatever. I mean, he just keeps coming, and his musical gifts are just extraordinary. Right. There, honestly, there's a part of me that don't want to put him out there, and I, I don't know if it. I'm not, yeah. I don't know why that is. It's just you can't help it. Something like maybe it's like Jordan. Like I grew up in Detroit. He battled our Pistons for forever. And it's just like, you got to get that man's props. Like, you don't have to be his number one fan, but you have to acknowledge him as being the greatest. Mm-hmm. Jordan beat up on the Detroit Pistons. And I, after our run, I had to start appreciating greatness. And Kurt Franklin is that same dude. It's not like I dislike him. It's just like, you can't refute him. Mm-hmm. You can't. You got to deal with Kurt Franklin. So you got Kurt. You got um, your boy. Uh, Fred, mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to uh, like groups, like I'm a, I'm a little biased. Groups, I got commission, and that's like a, mm-hmm. it's a double, it's a double entendre. Your boy, uh, Fred Hammond is is in commission. So, um, you also you got the Clark sisters. Let's bring let's bring in a. a, a I was kind of thinking their name. Thank you. Exactly. It was, was driving me crazy. Yes, yeah, sorry. I was trying this to get their name. This list is becoming a who's who Surrender. of Detroit of Detroit Detroit uh, Detroit groups and singers. Uh, yeah, Dorinda Clark. Uh, you got Karen Clark. Come on, Karen, Karen Clark. Clark? Moret Brown Clark. <laughs> Bruh. Yeah. So you just got that whole that whole genre in there. Legit too is the staple singers, man. Can't forget a staple. You know how y'all who y'all really forgetting up in this mug. (laughs) And I wonder, I wonder if Vita's Vita vibes with this dude, Daryl Coley. Daryl Coley is wow. Wow, a little DC. Yo, that dude it was. Crazy with his, yeah. You know, crazy. You know who we forgot? You know who we forgot? Andre Crouch. Yeah, we didn't mention Andre Crouch. Oh my goodness! Do we mention Marvin Sapp? Marvin Sapp. Mentioned Marvin Sapp earlier. I mentioned him. Oh, he did. Okay. Okay. We didn't spend time with him. We didn't spend time with Marvin. We mentioned him. This right here is like R and B. It's it's almost (gasps) impossible. Look, Vita got another one. Go ahead, Vita. I got one. Hmm. Uh, Maybe you mentioned Hmm. it and I missed it. So forgive me. Did you guys say Shirley Caesar? Oh, no. 
Man. I'm mad I couldn't remember the Clark sisters though, because that was that one was killing me. That one was killing me for a minute. But Shirley Caesar, though, we gotta remember her. Shirley Caesar's the goat. Here's the thing: Shirley Caesar has done so much for the genre of music, but y'all want to know what I remember about Shirley Caesar? Beans, beans, potatoes. That's wild. <laughs> That's wild. But she became a meme, y'all. She be, this is she, I remember when that culture, went viral. She Every became a meme. That's crazy. Every Thanksgiving they pull that out. That is so crazy to me. Do y'all see how what memes do? Me, we should do we should do a podcast yeah, on memes man, and what, communication. What she's talking about when she's saying all of that is she's preaching about the restoration of Job. And how he Ooh. had everything taken away, and then she's like, "God gave him back more than what he had before." And she's like, "I got greens, beans, tomatoes, potatoes, yes." Yo, that's him being ph- the philosophy and the theology just pours out of Yo, him. But that's so much. That's true, though. That's so. True. I believe. I mean, I could be wrong, but I believe that's what she's talking about. Wow, yeah, we can pull it apart. Um, no, but Shirley Caesar, she's a goat too. Yeah, yeah, she is. I had another one, but I forgot it. <laughs> Let me put in a. I'm gonna put in a choir. Like, um, y'all don't know these choirs. Well, I sang in some awesome choirs back in the day. Uh, Dynamic praise. Um, I'm not gonna oh, remember choirs. I remember yeah, Mississippi um, Mass Choir, and I remember Mississippi Mass, Mass Choir that I remember. I can't remember it. Did you right sing now. with the Aeolians, Jason? Aeolians is a world-renowned for like a semester or two okay. at different times. But the Aeolians Vita is a world class championship, um, multiple times over choir, like choral choir that has won, um, especially over the last five years or so, won championships for like the world's best choir. And I don't know, maybe I can send some clips, but they, these jokers, their, their body, I was gonna say their voice was just their bodies and the director are like instruments that are connected and they how they sing and how they um express and communicate how that what they sing and they sing you know old spirituals and they just they are one voice and it's crazy there's a video of kirk franklin in rehearsal with the aeolians and he's like y'all voices he almost passed out yeah he's like y'all are on another level so you know to get that. Wow, game, I gotta and, find this. And you know the Aeolians are out of Oakwood College, Vita, which is where Little Richard went to college. Right. Yeah, you tell me that every time you mention Oakwood College. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and, and it's also where Jason went to college yeah, Jason, and graduated. Jason Hall went to oh. with two degrees. Yeah. Yeah, you should uh-huh. leave with that one. Like, I, I remember I, I watched the documentary about Little Richard, and you told me before that I watched the documentary, and then you told me all the time about Little Richard. You did not tell me about Jason. Jason Hall graduated that's, with two degrees. I, mean, I, 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 I want to remember Jason now. That's right. Jason yeah. Hall. Psycho- so they're, they're psychology and Spanish. School where Jason Hall graduated from. Oh <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a thread. I have this one thread, this one tweet that I made a couple years ago, right? About this one gospel artist who inspired the careers of oh. Little Richard, for example, Elvis Presley, Chuck Berry, and many, many, many other famous infamous and famous notorious and a <clears throat> uh, hugely famous 
rock and roll artist. And this thread is, I still get hits on it till this day. It's about a woman, a black woman, who played this guitar. Sister Rosetta Tharp. I highly recommend people Google her and learn about her and watch. It's like, I believe there's a documentary about her too on YouTube. Wow. She literally, when you listen to her play the guitar, you'll hear everybody I named and more. Rock and roll would literally not exist. The rock and roll guitar would not exist without her. Wow. Wow. Her name is Rosetta Tharp. Sister Rosetta Tharp. Is it T A R P? Is that her last name? Is that how you spell it? T H A R P E. P E. She was a gospel singer. And when you hear her, I'm going to give you, I'm going to send Jason the link. He's going to put this in the show notes. Aren't you? Yes, Tim and I will put these in the show notes. Okay, Tim and Jason. Yes. We'll put these in the show notes. And you guys are going to listen to the listeners you guys are going to listen to Sister Rosetta Tharp this woman is amazing she was a she sang she had choirs behind her travel all over the world I believe she got really she got really popular again um, when the British found her mm. or because uh, they would listen to her that's what that's what would happen uh, a lot of artists who were uh, a lot of, lot of rock and roll artists and early jazz artists and things will get kind of forgotten in America the Brits would be like oh my god <laughs> it went and but have them hire them to come on tour in uh, in Britain, and they get popular again. Mm-hmm. And this happened to her, and she was just a black woman who could kill on the guitar, mm-hmm. singing gospel music. You know who that sounds like, Vita? That sounds like Anissa Strings on that bass. Yes. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but even that, listen, I'm telling you guys, Sister Rosetta Tharp. Okay. The queen, the beginnings of rock and roll music. And when I, you hear her, if you watch Little Richard documentary, he talks about her. I, th- I believe she was the first person to let him on stage. Uh huh. Yep. When wow. he was a little boy. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. We're going to have to check that out. Sister Rosetta Tharp. Hey, Jason, Vita, y'all know what we did this month? We talked about black music, we talked about hip hop. We talked about R&B. We talked about gospel. The first week, Jason, you and I talked about the impact of music on us growing up. And in between, we had a little ditty about Daddy's Day, about Father's Day. (laughs) That's a wrap for June, y'all. Wow. Listen, next month, Vita, Jason, y'all know what we're going to talk about next month? We're going to talk about next We're going to talk about film cinema we're gonna talk about black movies and communication i'm thinking about it because they're not all kind some a lot of them are comedies right i'm thinking about coming we to america comedies i'm thinking new classics i'm thinking about friday oh man i'm thinking about boys in the hood boys in the <laughs> hood new jack city oh my yeah. goodness yeah bad boys bad boys like, yeah yeah we got we got some stuff to talk about next month and i believe next month we will also have with us 
a guest to talk about language and communication. Right, Jason? Uh, we're going to have a speech language pathologist on with us next month. Yep, yep. One week to do that. And Vita, we're so hoping you can join us to discuss film, cinema, and anything else you want to talk about because you know you always uh, up the dialogue here at Motown Philly. Vita, tell people where they can connect with you on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Lifestar Media, L-I-F-E-S-T-A-R. You can also find me on Instagram, V-I-D-A-S-T-A-R-R. All right, Jay, where you at, man? Yo, you guys can always find me on Instagram, on the interwebs of LinkedIn as well. My Instagram handle is what is my answer? Oh, I know it. At the speaker's mechanic. I'm tripping. I'm bugging. It's late. At the speaker's mechanic. Look me up on Instagram and on LinkedIn. Look me up at Jason Hall, communication skills coach. I am your communication skills coach. I am the one that helps to get your speaking and communication right when it comes to being a professional and being someone who is in the entrepreneurial or business space who are trying to be able to communicate to your current avatar in the best way possible so that you can make influence. I can go on all day about this, but it's not about me. Tim Golden, where can we find you at, bro? You can find me on Instagram at a good golden man. You can find me on Twitter at DRTJ Golden ESQ. And you can also find me on Facebook, last but not least, at Tim Golden. Three things in life for certain death taxes, and I'm the only black man in Walla Walla named Tim Golden. I guarantee it. Take it to the bank. That check will not bounce. Hey, y'all. Listen, those of you who are listening out there, thank you for tuning in. You all are amazing. Keep subscribing. Keep uh, downloading. Make sure you subscribe so you get those upload notifications. Once we upload, then make sure you download and make sure you continue to join us here at the Motown Philly Podcast. We've been at it for almost a year, y'all, and we are still going strong. No signs of slowing down. Thank you, Vita. Jason, as always, my brother, thank you. Yeah, yeah. And we will see you on the other side at episode 48 of the Motown Philly Podcast next week. Y'all be good. We out of here like Vladimir. See ya. <laughs>